I'm Ramon. And we're the, the ghouls, ghouls next, next door. door. <laughs> That's us. Yep. That's me and Ramon. Yeah. Always. We've always been here. It's just been us two. Yes. It's never been any other way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> My voice might have gotten a little deeper. <laughs> just a little bit. Just slightly. Uh, this is episode 25. And we're going to talk about gore. Or, as it's affectionately known, torture porn. Or Gorno. Gorno. Have you have you heard that one yet? No, that sounds way cooler. Yeah, Gorno. And much safer to to Google than torture porn. Yes. Because that was fun. You gotta put that in quotation. Yeah, <laughs> fun like, as in like I didn't use my work computer. Yes, it's like incognito mode. <laughs> and then you select it, and then you're like, okay. Also, <laughs> like put it in quotations, and then put films. <laughs> like be very specific. Right. Like. Regular filmography. Um, this is a topic that our regular co-host, Kat, is uncomfortable with. <laughs> so, this is what we're calling the Switchcast. Yes. We're switching it up. So, if you want to hear from Kat, she can be found on the Garblecast. Garble Podcast. Garble Podcast. Yes. Because mm. we, we, we put podcast in the title. So, people don't get the wrong idea. Exactly. Yeah. They're not like, we're fishing. They're like, no, this is a podcast. Excellent. Love it. <laughs> we're just like, we're, we're, we could be a teen novel. You don't know. Yeah. We're the ghouls next door. We're just a fun time. I like, I like your name. Your yeah. name is cool. Yeah. I like the wordplay. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about torture porn or gore um, to kind of talk about this controversial topic and why some people enjoy it, uh, like myself, and some people are uncomfortable like Kat. Um, and so I have a guest here in the Garble Podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Uh, so um, I'm Ramon, and I'm usually accompanied by my co-host, Nick. Uh, Nick and Ramon, Ramon and Nick, it's interchangeable. And uh, we're the Garble Podcast, and um, I guess our whole thing is uh, like trying to do change through conversation. Just, you know, like, if, we figure that if people sit down and talk about things, then the world would be a better place. Aw. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is what Kat is doing, and she's going to change the world and convince them to like horror movies. Yes. Like us. So she's going to bring them over to our side. Well, I love horror movies. Mm -hmm. Nick is the one that doesn't like yeah. horror movies. So we're going to change his minds, and anyone else who was like, I don't know. So, uh, changing through conversation. Yeah. Um, so, what are some topics that you've covered in your podcast? Oh, we, we kind of try to cover it all. Um, so, we've done a lot of politics, of course, because uh, this whole thing started um, right after uh, Trump became president. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that was a big thing. And we've covered everything in between from, you know, science fiction nerd culture um you know what it means to be a nerd uh a little bit of everything excellent awesome um and so we're here to talk about this uh controversial horror subject is it really <laughs> controversial it is in that like so <laughs> people like to write off torture porn and gore because they say it's lacking any story. It's just there for the kicks. It's just to make you uncomfortable. Um, a lot of people are super sensitive to gore. Um, and that like most people like equate horror with gore a lot of the time. So when you're like, I love horror, they're like, you just like gory things, which is true. I do like gory things, but not just gory things. Right. Yeah. But like, okay. So in one of my, previous episodes on our podcast we i actually got to interview somebody who does um practical effects is what he referred to it as well he, he does more than that but he's he's been in the practical effects business for a long time and um you know before we started recording one of the things that we went into was you know like a, a countdown of like our favorite uh effects in movies and you know like we realized that with a lot of the movies that people love, if those effects weren't in there, it wouldn't be as memorable. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And it's like, I think it's okay that these films are just that. 
I think that's okay. It's kind of like the way I feel about the Star Wars franchise. Okay. So a lot of people are like, I'm the diehard, and I'm just here for... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just like, I'm just here for that. Let me roll up my sleeve <laughs> yeah, so you yes. can see the Star Wars tattoo. <laughs> Excellent. You're, you're welcome here. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I grew up in, like, a Trekkie in Star Wars household. But my uh, thing was just like, I'm here to enjoy this. So... I even enjoyed Solo, and I know a lot of people hate it, and there's diehard people who are like, you're canceled, you're not allowed to be in this fandom anymore if you like like that film. And I'm like, it's just, it's a Disney movie now. I'm just going to like hang out with my friends that are chewy. <laughs> like, you know, like I guess get to revisit these characters I grew up with, and even if it's, you know, it's not wonderful. It's just for the sake of this entertainment, and I think that's okay. And that's where I think people kind of, like you don't always have to get something profound out of everything that you watch it's okay to just enjoy things for the sake of enjoying things or to feel uncomfortable and really put yourself in that position which is what gore does yeah i think so yeah yeah and i so <laughs> i've kind of we've been hanging out for a little bit now <laughs> like kind of getting to know each other and i've name dropped eli roth quite a few times um because i grew up uh like where Cabin Fever was like this really good, I just like that movie. diving point for like, I love just like being real grossed out and like watching other people get real grossed out. I, I remember telling, I remember watching that movie and then I was trying to explain the, the plot to somebody. And as I'm explaining the plot, I'm starting to get nauseous. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. just like, and then, oh yeah. The, my favorite is the, um, is, uh, the, shaving scene yes like and it's just like slowly like at first it's fine and then you get to that point and it's just like why is she still doing this why is she still shaving well you know to the because her character goes from being the most beautiful person in mm -hmm. the m movie to being the ugliest person literally because she's falling apart yeah she's disgusting and uh i thought i thought it was interesting that like even though yeah the skin's flaking off and it, she's just literally shaving into her muscles that mm -hmm. she continued the ritual yeah because it was just like and it's just like puzzled like the whole time as she's doing it and i had like i remember i only had so many like dvds and we didn't have cable at one point and so i had like uh house of wax um cabin fever and then i think like Bruce Almighty or something like random in there. <laughs> but I would watch these like same DVDs like every day. And they also had like the special features. And for Eli Roth, there is like a special feature where he um, mentions that he wouldn't be in the audience when he had his screenings. He would be like, a, like outside of it, like to watch people. And he would just like get a kick out of everyone, like what they grimace, the like exactly oh. at the right point. He's like, ah, yes, I did it right. Like, that's what I wanted. Um, and it's like, <laughs> for me, like at home, I, I was so immune to it after having watched it so many times, especially um, House of Wax. There's like this scene where they're first like pulling off the skin and then you see the muscle under it right. or well, the wax. And <laughs> I was like sitting there eating like um, ramen noodles because I was like home alone is the only thing I could cook for myself. And my mom came in and she looks at the screen <laughs> and it's just like gore, disgusting mess. And then she looks over at me and I'm just eating noodles. And she's just like, what is this child? that I have and I was just like well this is me so this is what I do now I just love weird stuff and I'm immune because I've just like so like put myself into that um to the point where I think I've gotten I got uh saw two and saw three as like a gift several times wow okay. like this one person just like they're like did you lose the last copy because here's two more and you're like well, i don't need to it's, watch saw two that many times it's funny because i you said the whole thing with the food because I, I have a strong stomach too and that mm -hmm. it doesn't gross me out at all and i like i, I cosplay so i I'm, i know how a lot of that makeup stuff is done i'm sitting there eating a cheesesteak and i can't it was one of the eli roth movies the one with with the cannibals um um, was it 2001 Maniacs? No, not that one. It was um, where they're in the Amazon. Hmm. Uh, it was a remake of... Uh, was it Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah, I think it was Cannibal Holocaust. It was a, his remake of the... It was the, the Green Mile or something like that. Or the Green... Anyway, the point is that, you know, there are people being cooked on the screen and I'm sitting there eating a cheesesteak and like <laughs> my friends are sitting there like... Whoa. Why? Who are you? Why? Why? Yes, exactly. And yeah, that's like, 
I don't know. I, I definitely understand people not liking gore. Because usually when it comes to horror and people are like, I don't like horror movies, I'm always like, well, one, you're wrong. Because you do like horror movies, you just haven't watched the right one yet. Right. But if someone's like, I don't like gore, I don't press. I'm like, yep, acceptable. Like, it's totally normal for someone to not like, like blood everywhere. But it's like, I get a kick out of Evil Dead. Love it. Yes. Anytime it's like absurd, like especially Ash versus the Evil Dead, mm-hmm. that show for me is so exciting because I just imagine the writer's room and them sitting around and being like, what absolutely absurd thing can we do with blood and just the human body? That doesn't make any sense. Like, how do we just blow up this one situation? And then you have like the blood across the screen and every single time I'm like, that was amazing. Like 10 points (laughs) to them because inventive. Oh God, that looks real. And it's just like so absurd. It's so silly, but it's like, yeah, you do that. do that fucking crazy thing um so and i think i don't know if it can make me cringe i'm like yeah you do that's what it's here for so it did it did a good job Hmm. so a plus okay (laughs) yeah but it's interesting because you're focusing more on the gore aspect and and less on the the torture aspect Mm. and i think when i was doing my research i was like more focused on the torture aspect of it Mm -hmm. because Particularly because I was looking at like the Saw movies, yes, which I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, so that's interesting that like for some reason those two things get separated, but they kind of belong together. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's like with things like Evil Dead, that's like hokey, just like blood and gore. But then you have something like Hostile, which is like the the terror isn't from the fact that there's blood on the screen. The terror is like what this person's going through and the intense like emotional sympathy you're feeling from like watching someone like suffer. Yeah. Um, Hostel does that really well because they've p- he picks all the really tender parts of a person and he picks them apart really slowly and you have to watch it. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, but you do because you're strong and that's how it works. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing that I, you, did you know Peter Jackson got his start in, in gore movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did two like Australian uh, gore movies that kind of became like slapsticky mm-hmm. because he was he was over emphasizing the gore and there was that it, it kind of worked its way into its own category but it was kind of like the Evil Dead yeah where you know the the gore was so over the top that it it, it became funny yeah yeah it's definitely like. What I think is like there's there's levels. So you got like Kill Bill, you okay, know, yeah. where like We're her head's ridiculous. cut off and it's just a fountain of blood. It's like that's not a thing. And then you have something like like Hostel or something where it's just like we're going to be more or less scientific about how what happens to the body, which makes it that much more real. Um, or you have something like Saw, which is like the gore is almost like an afterthought. Right. It's like the whole thing is all of that like tension and it's just that like what would you do aspect of it and that's like where the torture part comes in because they're yeah it's different from just like gore (laughs) which is like evil dead um or torture porn which is kind of what we're gonna cover yeah yeah awesome um fun fact that uh, eli roth directed uh, the House with a Clock in Its Walls, which is a PG movie. Yeah. It's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to take my son to see that. Like, he's yeah. really hyped about it. I think it comes out this weekend. Yeah, it looks super charming and, like, kind of weird, but, like, in a, like, I don't know, really entertaining way. And I've only seen a few commercials. Like, is that Jack Black? Just, yeah. like, hanging out with children. And there's this creepy house that is kind of cool um, and quirky. And then I saw that his name was on it. I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> And so I freaked out because I was like, what? And then he's like, I want this to be the gateway to horror for children. And I was like, A+, plus, love it, want that. And then there was a second layer to that that I got excited about and that the writer for the House of the Clock and its Walls is Eric Kripke, who's the original um, creator of Supernatural. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He did the first five seasons to when it was supposed to end. And then he left because he was like, that's it. And now it's still here. And I'm really mad about it. 12 seasons later. <laughs> yes, it's so bad. But I love Eric Kripke because mm. I just loved all the like lore and stuff that he wrote in there and um, how he built up that story. So I'm, I'm going to go watch this because it's two of my favorite people. It's going to be nice. Okay. Wait.
So for everyone who's like, what is torture porn and why do you keep saying that? And it makes me uncomfortable. I have. I prefer Gorno. I mean, <laughs> Gorno. When I when I came across that, I was like, oh, this is, this is yeah, <laughs> this poetic. is safer. Yeah. So Gorno, if, um, according to Urban Dictionary, this is a term coined by various critics, which discusses the somewhat current trend in horror Hollywood, which consists of horror movies having no story whatsoever, but gratuitous images of people having random body parts removed from leg heads, legs, heads to even penises. It's for those who don't remember the good old days where storytelling was key over visuals. Again, this is what I'm saying. Um, or from TV tropes, it says it's any work which gives heavy focus attention to cold-blooded torture and or mutilation of someone. Um, it's not really about, like, discussing the, um, the story. There's not really a triumph, really, that we're looking for. We're just really trying to put your character into the, to the thick of it and just run, run them right through. Um, and then maybe they come out mm. at the end. Maybe they don't. In Hostel, the woman got away. That was nice. Yeah. But not everyone does. No. And you're almost guaranteed that um, if you start out with 10 people, maybe two people will walk out. Mm-hmm. Or one and a half. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of like with slashers, you know? Like usually you have like the final girl or like your hero that ends up at the end, but everyone else is dead. You have all your tropes that have failed. Um, with this, it's like a lot of times it's just average people. Like they go out of their way to make it look like people who are normal. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I read in like for Hostel, like he picked an average. He was like, I don't want a pretty person. I want this to seem like anyone could step into this this person's shoes. They're out like backpacking with their friends, and then they fall prey to like these really corrupt people who quite possibly are based on real people yeah yeah so uh why don't you tell me a little bit about gorno that you looked up oh so um when i was looking you know what was interesting to me was like what's become what what how it's transitioned over the years so like when we first started off uh, a lot of the movies that we consider classic horror movies when they came out were considered uh you know torture porn or or, or gore um, like the Hammer films, mm-hmm. um, starting with like the Tomb of Dracula and then and going forward. So anything that had like um, what they considered at the time gratuitous violence was consi- would fall into that category. And as time has progressed, it's kind of, um, and those movies became more classics, um, then you had things like The Fly mm-hmm. and... Uh, um, I'm trying to think of stuff from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anything like Cronenberg, which is like right. body horror. And it's like a manipulation of like the human body in this really grotesque way, which right. is like its own thing. <laughs> like human centipede. Weird. Yeah. yeah. And then and then in the early 2000s, there was this big shift towards, um, that started uh, with the Saw franchise, mm-hmm. where it was focused on the torture aspect of it. And um, that gave birth to like a whole slew of films that um, you know, like the, the the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, um, the Hostel movies, uh, the Teristas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Teristas is great. Love yeah. that one. Yeah, it definitely like there was a trend for a while where it was just like let's just be really like intense. So it was like all the the trauma of something like Seven, where you're like thinking and you're trying to piece together a puzzle with all the like intensity now because people can die. Right. Well, seven technically falls under, uh, uh, the torture porn because it, and that was one of the, that was one of the first, uh, critically acclaimed Gornos, if you will, mm. because of, um, the situations that, uh, the serial killer places them in where, you know, they, they're mm. oftentimes they're, they're committing the torture to themselves. Yes, just like Saw. Just and like that's Saw. like the whole thing. It's kind of like almost a, a Manson-esque approach to murder in that like we make other people do it. Right. But we're still, you know, liable for the murder of these people. <laughs> we still should be held accountable. And um, that, was, that was the thing that drew me to Saw. When There's a scene in the movie, the, the very first one. Because I, I remember, I distinctly remember going to see the very first Saw movie mm-hmm. and just being completely blown away. I was just like, yes. <sighs> Beautiful. Yeah. But there's a scene in there where he's like, you know, technically, I haven't killed anyone. I just put people in these situations, and they, 
Yeah. They do it to themselves. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, de- I was also in the theater for Saw. And one of my distinct memories is at the end when, I guess, spoilers, but if you haven't watched Saw, yeah, like you're doing, you're Saul doing life like, wrong. <laughs> like you did it wrong. Um, but at the very end when he gets up, because he's been down, he's been in the room the whole time, which is like classic ser- serial killer situation. Uh, when he got up, I was like on the edge of my seat. And when that happened, I remember just like, being pushed back and be like, wow, oh my God, this is the most amazing ending. And thinking to myself, like, this can never be done again. Like, this is like... And they the, did and it. And they did it like 20 times. <laughs> For it, You know what? That was the other thing that I really super appreciated about the Saw movies. That, say what you will about them, like, the attention to continuity in the mm-hmm. stories was to me, unheard of at that time. Because do you remember when they would just, like, oh, we're just going to do a sequel and we're just going to find a way to bring this guy back. And mm-hmm. but, but the fact that every year it was like, oh, is it Halloween? Saw movies coming out. And you, knew, and you knew that they were going to find a way to continue the story in this, this, this continuous, you know... Yeah, like it's going to make sense. It's going to make yes. sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. like I It's have not a... just, oh, we put the mask on somebody like they did in Halloween where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're going to slap the mask on one of the, the police officers. So who you thought was Jason wasn't Jason a whole... yeah, or like, Michael Myers. Anytime you have to like, like be like, actually, that wasn't the case before is wrong. There should never be a case where that happens, which is like what happened with the entire Paranormal Activity franchise. The first one was beautiful, and then the second one messed it all up. So then the rest of it was an attempt to try to fix this timeline, but it was already, it was mucked up. It's, it's, it, there's too much going on. With Saw, like, what I love, like, I think that, like, two holds up just as well as one, which is like, that never really happens. No. But with her and how she had survived and then she's now corrupt, but then she's killing them. Like it totally turned it on itself where he was like, I didn't technically kill anyone, but she was going against him. I remember feeling some type of way. I was like, you're not doing it the way Jigsaw. Like, how are you going to side with the killer? But I was like, you're not doing it the way Jigsaw was going to do it. Like you're actually worse. Like you're bad. He was... He was also bad, but he was also okay. <laughs> like, it's this weird... I just remember being like, that's not right. And she was more of a villain for them because she didn't, like, give them a chance. Right. And it's a great, diverse cast. Everyone gets a chance to die. It's super interesting. And it gave birth to, like, this string of, um, like... Um, so one of the, one in one of the articles I was reading, if it hadn't been for the Saw movies, there might not have been like a Dexter TV show. Mm. There might not have been. So there were all these um, spinoff type things that happened as a result of the the um, torture porn. Mm-hmm. Like um, there was a internet movie. There was uh, there was these like criminology movies where they were very focused on. Like fear.com. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of this other one um, where you're basically, it, it was people being killed on the internet and people were like, the more people tuned in to watch, uh-huh. the, the the faster they died. And, and it, it yes. was like four or five movies like that, that that sprung out of the whole torture porn thing. Yeah. And then you have things like Cube. Have you ever watched Cube? Yes. Yeah. Like that, which is just like you're in this maze that's gonna murder you unless you're smart like you figure it out and even then you don't figure it out like that was even for i don't know if the rest of the world was doing that but yeah saw was like a gateway where it's like now i can watch all these different ones and it was like exciting to see like what these characters are going to be put through mm-hmm. and then all and it's also fun to kind of think of like what would you do? Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> and oftentimes, like, cause I, I, cause I watch the, I like watching the special features on a movie. Mm-hmm. So like how the, how they would come up with the, the, the specific form of torture for that scene. Like, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, what are the things that people are most uh, like, uh, in saw three, there's a scene where the lady gets frozen mm-hmm. because the, um, she's in a, a cold room and they're spraying cold water on her and she's becoming, like a human icicle. Yes. And it, that was like, okay, well, you know, everybody hates being cold, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, just push that to the extreme. Yeah. I love, like, when you, as someone who likes horror, because mm-hmm. not everyone does, um, there's just like this, it almost becomes this, like, test to see, like, 
can this scare me? Because I've just watched everything. I've seen it all. So anytime things like make me uncomfortable, I'm like, yes, you did it right. You're satisfying the adrenaline junkie in me. And there, I will say Saw and Hostel definitely does that. Does yeah, because uh, I love horror too. And there are definitely moments in those movies where I kind of have to like wince. Yes. And like, all right, I'm not going to look, but I, I'll, I'll rewind it and do it again later. Yeah. But for right now, like, I can't look at this. Yeah, you just kind of squint through it. Like you're like kind of seeing it, but you're safe because your eyelashes are <laughs> So that's the science. Magical eyelashes. Yeah, you're like, I'm safe. Um, yeah, it's like... Um, for example, one of, there's a lot of scenes that just like stick with you. So I'm thinking about the the when she has a rib cage and it rips open, yeah. so she looks like a like an angel. That one messed me up. But there's a specific scene in Hostel Two. So whenever it would come on TV, for some reason, whenever I'd go to click it, like I just be looking and it would come up on the guide because <laughs> that's what the time period it was mm. and you would click it and it was always on this one scene and it's when the woman's in the bathtub and she has the scythe oh and she's, and she's slicing her woman and it's just like it's like every single time no you know what which is the one that like really freaked me out again i was probably eating while i was watching it <laughs> but the the where the guy is slicing into the other guy and he's like literally eating him alive and he's just like slicing a piece of him off and then putting it on the plate and then going over and just eating. Yeah. And the guy's watching himself get eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's not even like Hannibal about it. Like you can't even make it look nice. He just has to... Yeah. It's super crazy. I think... And I I did want to make a distinction because I feel like pe- when people hear torture porn or, or what, Gorno? Gorno. Gorno. Uh, it's not to be uh, confused with BDSM. Which is where both people are agreed, and this is like a pleasurable thing. Uh, torture porn, in regards to horror, is because pain is pleasure. <laughs> yes, in the, in that case, yeah. Um, if that's your thing, that's super cool. We don't kink shame, um, but here we will kink shame the crazy people who are torturing people in this country, um, like the countries of the films. Yeah, uh, like specifically that one. Um, and there's a line in, in the first hostel that sticks with me where he's, remember where they're outside and they're like, hey, what's in there? He's like, that place, be careful because a man could lose all his money in that place. Something, something yeah. along those lines, like, you know, you could go broke in there. Yeah. And it was just like, you don't realize what that means until uh-huh. you get later into the movie and it's like, ugh. Yeah, like you, yeah, he... And it's, I think it's, and yeah, um, I think what's interesting about what uh, torture porn is, one, you're thinking about like, what would I do? How would I get out there? But it's also like thinking of as absurd as it can get, it's like someone could have done that. Like we've had serial killers and sometimes when you're like, I listen to a lot of true crime. And so (laughs) I spend a lot of time um, learning about really horrific things that real life people have done. Right. Um, So when you, and then you think about like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like based on serial killer. And so it's like, you can't, even as absurd as some of these films get, None of like some of them aren't even as bad as like real life real life has been. Right. So it's like when you're thinking like how would I get out of this? How do I sur- like who can survive something like this? It's also thinking like who could be that kind of person? Exactly. And that those people exist. And that's like totally is a is a different psychological trauma than if you're just watching like a a suspense thriller where you have someone like the Zodiac who's just like I shoot people, I run away because I'm a you know I'm a loser and I write cryptic messages to the news journalists. <laughs> I'm never going to get caught. Um, fine. <laughs> but then you have like real serial killers who do like really awful things. It's like those people really exist. Do, do you, um, there's a serial killer, I uh, can't remember, it's H.H. H. Howell or something like H. H. that? H.H. Holmes. H.H. H. Holmes, yes, who built, who literally built a murder house. Murder house. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, it's yeah that's uh, for the World's Fair. So... Uh, torture porn, or it was, at one point it was called like splatter cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, here's some interesting facts for you. Uh, in 2009, the Saw movie franchise became the most successful horror franchise ever. It grossed, what was it, $1 billion in the box office and retail sales. And that was just in the U.S. 
-hmm. Worldwide, it was like 975 million. And the critics hated every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. Is it like, because those critics are going in there like, I want a psychological thriller. I want to go in and learn something. And I want the hero to win. And I want, but I will say, and I like, we'll definitely get into this when we talk more about the actual films. But there's just something about that end sequence when it's all getting put together as like mm -hmm. this puzzle and you have the, the saw music, which is, I'm pretty sure it's a dun, dun, dun. wings song. Isn't dun, dun, dun. It? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um, oh, what is that song? Because sometimes I'll hear the wings song and I'll have like a instant like, like oh. <laughs> like, Wait, am I in a, am yeah, I in a, like, am I in a puzzle? Am I figuring it out? Am I figuring it out? And then it's like, everything's coming together and you get in the flash and it's a person who's like thinking back like, holy shit, like, this whole time it's been this, and I've been wrong. Like, that's the most intense and beautiful moment of yeah. the film. Have you, you ever it. done Escape the Room? No. Oh, my God. I think you would totally love it. I feel like I might, but I might. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I, I'd have to get a lot of really good reviews, because I just, I'd be like, I could do this. I did it. <laughs> you know? So we have brought up a lot of different films, yeah. but for the sake of, of today's episode, we're going to talk about two specifically more in depth. Um, and I guess it's kind of like Saw as a whole franchise, right. but we're kind of more or less talking about the first one, but I think we can talk about all of them. And then Hostel, where kind of our, 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 focus. our focus is. But again, we've seen a lot. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to know any more about them, we are both very well-versed and enjoy them and can tell you why they're better um, and that you're wrong. So <laughs> specifically, so Saw, the first one, was created in 2004. Right. And just revitalized it cost uh, them, the horror. Did you know it, was, um, it cost them $1.2 million to make it, but they made in the first month, a hundred million dollars. So it was, yeah. And it, it, it basically brought that movie studio out of bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, because they were on the edge of just closing their. And that's what I, I love these films that take that chance. So like even with paranormal activity, which also became a franchise, like Oren Pelly wasn't a director. He just had this idea. It was filmed in like seven days. Yeah. It was like mint. Like he gave the actors like five hundred bucks. Like it was so like low budget. Gorilla. Yeah. Filmmaking. Yeah. Just like in his house, they recorded it <laughs> over seven days, and then it was done. And then they made so much money, and then it became this big thing. The same with like Purge, and it's just this idea. Like if you have an idea, and it's that good, like you don't even need all of this, like you could just take a chance on it and then you might like come up. And the, this film was actually um, made in 18 days. Yeah. Which is remarkable. Um, well, all all of them were shot uh, in in very tight like uh, uh, time frames. Schedules, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is just like as a as a film person and thinking about all the like the special effects and all the blood and having to reset, like <laughs> you got to get like a good like take every time. Cause it's like, we have to clean everyone's clothes. Yeah. Um, we have to like mop up everyone in the environment <laughs> so that it's in continuity. Um, which is again, that super gets me excited. Um, I will say a fun fact is that Gabe and Kat saw film only took 1.5 days and it will be airing really soon. Ooh. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's going to add to the franchise. It's going to be really great. Nice. And it was a lot of fun. So, um, but we took 1.5 days. So take that. It also is only like a few minutes long. Okay. But it's worth it. It's going to be fun. Again, if you have not seen Saw, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but. Um, the premise is that two strangers who awaken in a room with no recollection of how they got there soon discover their pawns in a deadly game perpetrated by a notorious serial killer known by Jigsaw. Yeah, John mm -hmm. Kramer. Yes. Who, I mean, they did a really good job of building up his story. Yeah, they did. And making you sympathize with this monster. Especially with the first one. You know, like, 
it's just everything is really one it's beautifully shot it's very inventive it's gritty too like yeah. there's a the, um some films have like that feeling to them mm-hmm. and like i don't know every time i watch one of the saws it's like ugh, like i need to take a shower afterwards yeah because you're, you're in that enclosed space one like he he attributes to like every fear almost immediately the first thing is the guy's underwater right and then he comes out and then he's in darkness <laughs> and then it's like then you wake up and now you're in this dingy like basement in this enclosed space you're chained and then there's a dead guy on the floor and then there's a live guy over there who's very distraught and has given up already within like the first five minutes yeah <laughs> and then you're like did you know that was the guy from the princess bride yeah Ugh. Okay. <laughs> it was like Harry it took me Elwes, Elwes, I don't know how to say his last name. It was E L W E S. Yeah, there, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I knew because he was in something. He was, I don't know if it's before or after that, but he's in Psych. Okay. Yeah. And he looks like that. So it was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. But he was more charming. And it's like, it doesn't take place in a lot of different locations. Cause I mean, you have like Danny Glover and he's like investigating and stuff, but mostly you're there with these two characters who are just like, how do we deal with this? And then like, tr- like <laughs> he was just trying to get like the recorder, like, and it's out of this dead guy, quote unquote, uh, his hands. And then like hearing like, do you want to play a game? It's like, I brought you here. And then also these are victims, but are they victims? No. Because that's one thing that you like. One of the things that I really appreciate about the Saw movies is that, like, you always find out that the people you are sympathizing with are scumbags. Yeah. Like, they've done something that has earned them a place there. Yeah. It really puts everyone in the gray area. There's no good and bad guys. Right. Because it's like with the Jigsaw, it's like, okay, one, he technically isn't killing anyone. Uh, to he's a dying man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. this dying man who's like, you, you don't deserve life. Why do you get to live? And I did everything right. And I'm dying. Right. Um, which like who hasn't agreed with some logic like that. And then you have these people and you're like, I don't know if I want them to win. Which yeah. Is brilliant. And, and, and the other thing too, is like, he's such a good reader of people and their psychology and what, what drives them, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, I don't know what psychology books he's had access to because <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's because in the movies, he's an engineer. Uh-huh. That's how he's able to put a lot of those traps together. He builds them himself, but he's hobby. so good at understanding what people's nature is and what they're going to do. And, you know, to the point where he's, it's almost like he's playing chess with them and he's 10 steps ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is like, it, it almost gives you this hopeless aspect. Because it's like, no matter what you do, he's already thought about it. And I think, kind of coming from like the fact that he's this engineer and he, he's very clearly this man who's kind of sat like in a backseat lifestyle, like always just kind of been a, a wallflower. And I think you learn a lot about people and people don't notice you, which I think is what kind of fuels a lot of how he knows that. So it's just like, he spent his whole life kind of going non-existent, but taking in everything. So he knows people better than they know themselves. Right. Because he's actually watching, um, which is great. And I think when they start adding other people into the mix, like, so it's more than just the two. So in two, when there's like a bunch of them, and then they start like backstabbing each other, like when they push the guy into the needle pit. Oh, the needle The worst. Pit. That, or the girl. It was, he puts the woman into the needle pit. It was, oh my God. And that like, draws on so many fears like that's even like the urban legends where like the girl's like at the club and then she feels a prick she goes to the bathroom it's a needle and says like congratulations you have aids it's a terrible urban legend but then you're like you're pushing this this pit full of me and then she's just like trying to get the thing because she's in there now you're that's it well yeah yeah and every like the thing about that one was like i feel like right from the beginning we already started to like decide who was not who's the scumbag. worthy right. <laughs> yeah like it like, wasn't so much a secret next? yeah like, like oh yep glad he's dead yeah and, or it was like when they didn't die it was like damn it <laughs> like they should be dead they're the worst um and then you find out that she was uh in it the whole time which is even better right because she put herself she purposely put herself through that mm-hmm. and like she just didn't like know, jigsaw she didn't know she was gonna get thrown into the pit or did she 
mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, because it's like Jigsaw was there the whole time. One, my question is like, he didn't have to go to the bathroom that whole time. Yeah. As a dead person. Crazy. I that that's the one thing. And, and that's the thing. That's the other thing that kind of like makes it even creepier. The amount of patience that mm-hmm. it takes to to sit there and watch someone like in the second one mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, you know what your problem is? You're not patient enough. And and like you realize that if uh, if um, um, Marky Mark's brother had waited, I guess I can't remember his name right now. Uh, if he had just waited, uh, 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 his son, his son was in the room with him the yeah. entire time. Yes. It was just Each time is a lesson. He's just teaching you a lesson. He's like a dad scolding you. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way it goes. Um, but instead of a beating, you're getting murdered, killed. like viciously yeah. in a really elaborate trap. Like the, every, and every like set was like super interesting and cool. Like it was like, what are we going to see next? You know, it, I really just enjoyed that. Like it had, um, this like idea and it took it throughout all of them. So like with paranormal activity, you have like, okay, it's found footage. So you're going to have these camera angles where you're going to psych people out where they're going to think something's there and it's not. And then we turn and something's there or you have final destination. Oh, like, you know, yeah. you're always going to get this elaborate, like how in the world did that happen? Death, you do, know, do you think the final destinations fall into like torture porn? Because you're, you are watching those people be tortured. You know, they're going to die. Yeah. And it's just like, Ooh, how are they going to die now? I think it would be, I think it's torture porn in the fact that like the viewers are tortured and that like, cause everything's drawn up. Cause it's always this really elaborate like circumstances where it's like this pin falls here and causes this to do that. And then this rolls over here and then it, and then the whole thing smashes down on a person's head. And there's so many times where they almost do it. Um, I, I think, really love yeah. how that series ended. It's, it, it really, um, should I spoil it for people? I haven't seen the last one. Oh, then I won't spoil Don't it spoil for it you. for me. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have to watch it, though. I mean, I know it's hard because you're watching like seven different movies, but the way mm-hmm. that they end it, totally worth it. Totally, totally worth it. Yeah, it's just, I loved how inventive they were for that, for the whole thing. Like, that's another one where the second one was just as good as the first one, in my opinion. Right. Um, but it's like you, when you go to watch Final Destination, you know you're going to get some quirky, faded death that's going to be real like out of the ballpark um gory mess right with saw it's like you're going to see some weird gadget and you're going to have some weird reason for it and that's exciting um and that's almost enough reason to watch it alone even if you're like i don't care about the characters or i don't care about jigsaw you're just like what did they get put in (laughs) like what's on their face (laughs) and what's like what part of the body is going to be destroyed in some weird elaborate way what was the one where it was the two guys that were fighting over the girl the saw one where it, it starts with like they're basically fighting over this one girl who's hanging over the thing and then they they both like wait a minute why are we fighting over her and then they just stop and she dies and they're like okay <laughs> nice lesson learned there was a fun thing i found on the internet because the internet's a fun place to explore and it was a conspiracy theory Uh-oh. yeah it's gonna be fun um and the conspiracy theory is that uh jigsaw is actually kevin from home alone as a grown-up yeah because oh. you think about all the elaborate Set, like traps he's setting. How did that kid not go to jail? Right? I don't know. And maybe, no, because he's not. If he was in Florida, it'd just be like, stand your ground. It'd be fine. But <laughs> I get into oh, this argument every time. Every time. Um, hor- Florida is horrible, and I'm from there, so I'm allowed to talk trash. Um, but yeah, it's like, it was essentially like someone broke down the actual traps that he set, and they were like, these are actually lethal. Like, if they, like, they were like, if the he heated up the handle to be that to be red like for it to have been that hot that it was red it would have had to be like 750 degrees which would have burned him uh more than it did (laughs) so they were like they went through they're like if he hit these people from this trajectory uh with paint cans this is the kind of damage they would suffer so essentially if it was all factual and like scientific it would have essentially been the jigsaw house okay so they were like he and then they (laughs) it was such a great rabbit hole to go down oh my god and then because his parents left them so many times 
Yeah. They just, just kept like, forgetting damaged. that poor kid. So he's just damaged and grows up to be Jigsaw. Jigsaw. And they show like they're like he already has like anger issues and all this other stuff and like this like um this like complex where he's like, I deserve all this stuff that he doesn't. Um but then they even compared some of the like traps that he had to Jigsaw's traps as like being advanced versions. Huh. Of those. So, like, certain ones, like, to do with, like, the feet, had to do with, like, the the um, crushed ornaments and all that kind of stuff. They were like, this is now the advanced version. It was, like, it was real fun. Just, like, go down that rabbit hole on Twitter of, like, Kevin is actually homeless. And then someone took a picture of Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> so, they had, like, him when he was younger, <laughs> then him now, and then they showed, like, the older version, like, Jigsaw. Yeah. And it was, like, well, <laughs> like, it kind of looks like him when he's older. I yeah. was like, wow, I believe it now. They're, I've never seen Kevin from Home Alone and Jigsaw in the same room together. What so. if Kevin, what if he's just, what if Torben Bell is a time-traveling Macaulay Culkin? <gasps> what? Mind blown. Yes, <laughs> we have broken the internet. You heard it here. <laughs> Kevin from Home Alone is Jigsaw. Uh, his big boy Jigsaw. So it was like from 2004 to 2010, it was a guaranteed Saw movie every, uh, uh, right before, the weekend before Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, each one grossed more than the next. Um, And then they did the weird seven year break in between. And then that, they did the last one in 2017, Jigsaw. Yeah. Which I still haven't seen. So no one's it. I haven't seen it, but I read the plot to it. So I won't do that to myself because I have to revisit him. Um, yeah. Uh, we also wanted to talk about Hostel, um, which was from 2005, so it's around the same exact time, um, and it's about three backpackers who head to a Slavic city that promises to meet their hedonistic expectations uh, with no idea of the hell that awaits them. So, super, super gory. Um, just three, like two Americans, one, what is he, like, Swedish or yeah, like yeah. an Icelandic or something. Norwegian, something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, who's based off of a real person actually, <laughs> and uh, they get a p- um, a part of this weird. Uh, I don't want to say it's a cult because it's not. It's just like this club of elite hunters, elite hunters. Gen- yeah, yeah, it's just like, like it's they've like gotten to the point where like hunting animals is boring. Yeah, it's like the most dangerous game, but like worse because it's not like we're not hunting them. We've caught them and now we're just torturing them. Um, and it's just like this and, and, and they and they found a way to monetize it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, apparently, uh, I read in Mental Floss that a friend of um, Eli Roth said he had told them about this website that supposedly existed uh, where you could pay $10,000 to go to Thailand and shoot a stranger in the head for sport. Whoa. Yeah. It's um, like Fiverr, but more intense. Yeah, like real, right. like apparently. So it was like uh, the site claimed that the person you were killed, killing had signed up for it and that part of the money would go to their family because they were so broke and were going to die anyway. So it was kind of like they would try to soften it. Um, but... <laughs> so Eli Roth didn't know if it was real, but he was like, someone thought of that premise and then made a website like to make it seem real and not enough was crazy. So he took that to the next step and it was like, what if, you know, you had like something like Teresa's too, you know, where you're just having this outlet to, to take people in, torture them and make money. Uh-huh. There's people who have all kinds of base like desires and needs that I could see people making money from that weirdness. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I think. That's what makes those movies creepy is because there's that there's that plausibility in them. Whereas Jigsaw is kind of like okay, you like you know you could have somebody, yeah, go to these extremes, but like I'm almost certain that that exists. Yeah. Y- yeah, I think with like so like I was saying with Jigsaw, it's like they're serial killers, right? And it's like you can you can believe that there's like this one guy who's snapped and is murdering people in a weird way because a girl didn't smile at him in middle school, whatever. But with this, it's like there's a number of people who are living normal lives and then paying like absurd amounts of money to just absolutely torture a person like a a person they don't know 
that's undeserving of this as far as we know. So not like Saul where they're like right. kind of in that gray area. There, it's no justified reason for them to be tortured. They seem like average Joes. It could have been you on vacation who got lost and you don't speak the language and now you're being tortured and your eyeballs hanging out your face. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that one is definitely, I definitely believe people when they're like, this is just to make you feel uncomfortable, which is again, um, just Eli Roth's well, you know whole what? thing. He, but I got a great Eli Roth quote. He's like, uh, generally, uh, calling it torture porn, g- this is Eli Roth, by the way, uh-huh. generally says more about the critics' uh, limited understanding of what horror movies can do than about the film itself. I mean, they're basic. he's basically claiming that the critics are out of touch. Yeah. And, and they are in the same way that, like, they hated Saw and couldn't see it for the beauty that it is. And, like, you can't... Like, if you can't step away from just, like, the initial, like, stomach turning that is, like, the gore and step away and be like, what is this actually telling me? Because, like, it is there for fun. It is there for kick. It is there to be like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable and I'm getting some kind of rush out of this. Yeah. Um, but there's also this, like, weird feeling where you're watching that and you're like, I believe that. Yeah. And then w- what I thought was interesting was, like, w- so we talked about Seven and, like, how Seven was so critically acclaimed by everyone like mm-hmm. who hasn't seen seven it was like oh my god it was phenomenal but seven is basically just uh, um saw with you know high pri- uh, you know high name actors you know mm-hmm. like people well known i think it's also that the the gore isn't um isn't readily happening in your face so a lot of it is like we're catching the tail end like we're catching the results which is so it kind of makes it a watered down version whereas this stuff is showing you it's like people are like this is controversial it's like nah people (laughs) people have been doing that and you gotta kind of get out of the facade for a second and just like see it for what it is yeah which is psychologically thrilling i have a a stephen king quote yeah i know you're not a fan of stephen king that's fine uh (laughs) I mean, he's uh, it, he's coming to the defense of it. He's like, sure, it makes you uncomfortable, but good art should make you uncomfortable. Yeah, that's his and, mo. You know. <laughs> yeah, he would he would say that, yeah. <laughs> um, which is fine. Cause and I, and to an extent, I agree. Yeah. Because no. art is supposed to make you feel something, and it there shouldn't be a limit on what it is that is trying to make you feel. You know, like we're not always going to be happy. We're and always you know going to be sad. Although, I have to say, a lot of times when I'm I'm done watching one of those movies. I do realize that I'm a little more sympathetic to other people's yeah. issues, or, or you know, I'm more sympathetic to how someone is feeling. I, I, I'm, and that feeling will last for a couple of days. So yeah. maybe there's something to that. Yeah, and there was like so something that Kat's going to bring up for Garbled Podcast is that people with severe empathy have a hard time watching horror films because you you identify so hard like right. with these people. And it's like, I have severe empathy. For some reason, I guess I'm a little psychotic in that I can still... But there is a part of like... And I think it just really puts things in perspective because you can't live in this world where everything's always happy and charming because that's right. not true. So it brings you down to like this earthly level where you're like, wow. What if we were trapped in a cellar together and we had to saw off our own limbs? Okay, that's creepy because we're literally <laughs> you in a were cellar. In the cellar, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, the, actually, so Hostel, um, another man I don't like <laughs> is uh, Quentin Tarantino. Ah, okay. And he actually supposedly inspired Eli to do Hostel because he had just essentially um, got all this fame from Cabin Fever, which is great. Um, and rightfully so, got all this fame. And then he was like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, what to do with myself? I've, I've done nothing, and it was a big deal, and now I'm kind of like, how do you do a second one? And Tarantino was just like, well, just tell me what you... Toss out an idea. And then he tossed out this, and he was like, do that, like, 100%, and, like, kind of backed him up and helped support him, uh-huh. um, which was great. And if anyone's going to, like, help you with some gore, Tarantino's going to do that. Um, but one thing that I thought was kind of funny was, so it's a Slavic city that this takes place in, even though it was based, like, the original idea was based Thailand. But (laughs) those cities, like, that they supposedly take place in got really mad at Eli and were like, like, our tourism is going to go down. People think we're murderers. And he had to do this, like, press conference. And essentially he was like, we polled Americans and they don't even know you're a country. (laughs) 
So it doesn't like, so we're not the reason your tourism is down. Wow. <laughs> like totally was just like, sorry, but not sorry. Yeah. Uh, here are the facts. Yeah, he's like, listen, Americans are real dumb. So they don't even, they don't know. They can't tell you guys apart. Okay. They'll end up in like Norway and be like, is this where hostel had it? Oh, like Germany? You guys have a hostel? Yeah. yeah. Literally <laughs> anywhere. Like we made a whole Hispanic version of it with turistas. We're just like, it could happen oh anywhere. It's different. I love that movie. Teresa's is great. If you like it, it's Kevin wants to play a game. And if you don't like it, it's you've won a trip to Slotsvania. <laughs> or you've just got seven weeks in Slotsvania. <laughs> yes, you like deluxe trip. <laughs> it's one way. We won't explain why. Um, <laughs> and you're going to have an, a, like a lovely hostel that we're going to pay for for you oh, to stay yeah. at. Wonderful. So for um, the first rating will be for the topic okay. of... Gorno and door torture porn. Yeah. So how do you feel about this topic overall? Like not saying like, oh, I love like Gorno. I love having torture porn all over me. No, it's just like the concept and this idea. I, uh, I, I love it mm -hmm. because it does make you feel uncomfortable and it, it makes you um, kind of like reassess like what am I comfortable with? What, what is my new uncomfortable? You know, yeah. It, it, it pushes that. You know, like you saw, you you see one movie, and you saw. <laughs> <laughs> you saw, saw. You saw, saw, and it was like, oh, oh, god, this is like really uncomfortable. And it's like the next one comes out, and it's like, okay, now we take it a step further. Now you know we're you know all the way over here, and this is my new uncomfortable. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I definitely for me, it's definitely um, Kevin wants to play a game in that it's. Yeah, it, it makes, despite what people say, and they're writing it off as just like, like, just gore and dumb. It actually makes you think, um, and puts you on the edge of your seat in a new way because it's it's assaulting your brain and then also your stomach, which I think is <laughs> like fun. So it's like you're uncomfortable in all the ways that you can be uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's doing horror at like the apex of horror. It's, you know. It it's uh it's a, it's offensive to all the senses. Yes, everything that you have, you're like, oh well, that that's like, a oh, new one. That, that, <laughs> that's uh, that feels disgusting. That smells disgusting. That sounds. This experience it, yeah. is all the worst, uh, which I think is great because you had like slasher films that was like it was scary because it was new, and now when we look back on slasher films, they don't hold up. No, it's like it's not dumb. At all. Like the guy takes forever to get to the person. It's all the same characters. I always used to say, if you got caught by the mummy. You deserved to die. Yes. Yeah, or like, like, yeah, like Jason, and he's just like kind of walking real slow, and he's like just a drowned kid that somehow is a grown man. You didn't now. hear that? Shh, shh, yeah, he's doing ah, that the whole time. His mom that wasn't a clue. <laughs> yeah, that and that stuff is like silly. Yeah, like even like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with the murder fountain bed. Like that's cr it's just silly, and it's it's not even really scary. But then you have something like this because it's real. If I see somebody in a pig mask, we fighting. Yeah, yeah like, it's, oh, like I'm not, I'm not going down without a fight. Also, why do you think I deserve this jigsaw? What did I do? Exactly. Like it's gonna take a real inner look. Just like, wow, how was this last week? <laughs> I, I need to reassess myself. Yeah, you know what? Don't even take me. I got it. I got yeah. the message no, no, just from done. seeing this whole thing. Uh, check. Um, <laughs> it's like good. I don't put the mask on me. I'm fine. Uh, I like all my limbs attached. <laughs> and then uh, specifically for the films saw in Hostel. I think uh, definitely Kevin wants to play a game. I think they're definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen, I feel like the, the, the strongest ones were the first three mm -hmm. saws. Definitely see those. Um, the other ones, you know, kind of continue it. Uh, again, I, I really respect the fact that they bothered to, to keep to a continuous story. <laughs> yeah. Like, to try. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's really a gift. It, especially, you know, where most horror movies just, 
they give up and they're like, we're not even going to try to make this make sense. It's like the fact that they bothered to put that much level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like it stays true. Like, you know what you're going to get when you look at a Saw franchise. And that's really what's great about it. And that's why they last so long. That's why Scream lasted so long. That's why Final Destination and Paranormal Activity, these things are are doing that because they found a thing. And they kept it. And even if they're beating this dead horse or torturing it or whatever they're doing, right. uh, they're doing it and it works because we like it. Even if it is overdone and silly at this point, it's like, you know what? It's an adventure. So I think time. every 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 five or ten years, they're going to come out with a new saw. Yeah. yeah. Now they're like, <laughs> remember this? We'll be like, don't get abducted by saw. Be a good person. He's teaching a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Painful lessons. Take that. <laughs> Some you don't come back from. You don't get a second chance, uh, especially if if Lady Jigsaw is the one who's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can I share one more thing? Yeah. My favorite. I I bust out laughing every time I see that part in Saw. So there's one where, like, you had to put in a pl- a, a, a pound of flesh or something like that, mm-hmm. and the guy's like cutting off a finger, and the lady just hacks her arm off, and she's like, done. <laughs> And she slam dunks it into the bucket. I laugh so hard every time I see that scene. It's so great. And it's, it's She's so like, hard. the hell with this. I'm going to live. Yeah. You... And she, she cuts from like the shoulder. Oh, my God. It's like, I can live without it. I can live without a shoulder. I can't live with the, if I'm dead now. Like, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> It's great that it was a lady who just yeah. does it too. Yeah, she's like, you punk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Feminine empowerment. Feminism. Feminism. Cut off your arms. Don't. Don't. Don't cut Whoa, off your wait, arms. Wait, 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 wait. Unless that's you're what like empowers there. you. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah no shaming. Uh, oh, man. That's rough. <laughs> that's rough. That's a rough one to back. Um, if you're in the position where you'd be better off without an arm or you need to lose that arm to survive, then do it, I guess. I don't know, man. If I got a bionic arm, like... Uh, I would do that. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for it's having me. It's been wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad I finally got to geek out about one of my favorite directors. Awesome. Cat cringes every time I just bring up his name. She's like, <laughs> again. And I just tease her every time. I'd be like, well, one day his day will come. And I didn't know that she wouldn't be here to experience it. <laughs> She'll just have to hear it later. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much, Ramon. Everyone check out the Garbled Podcast yeah. with Nick and Ramon. Yeah. Can I do uh, a shameless plug? Yes. Garbled Podcast, Garbled Pod on Instagram. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud because we're, we're still trying to figure out this whole podcasting thing is new to us. Uh, yeah, you can go to our website or whatever, whatever. Everything Garbled yes. Podcast. <laughs> yes. And I mean, we share them often. So check out our Twitter feed. Um, and don't forget to, to like, rate, subscribe, leave a comment if you like us, because apparently that matters on yeah. iTunes, unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah, check out the newest episode of Garbled so you can hear Kat's side of the story. And then also the other the other episodes they have are really great. Um Personal favorite is the apocalypse one. Yes. So well, we, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So we're going to have a whole there's thing. Something there. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be more. Uh, you haven't heard the last of all four of us yet. <laughs> Next time, it's all of us in one room. Is that the sequel? Of the. It's, oh it's, my God! It's a sequel. It's a horror Switch sequel. Switchcast two. Switchcast two. <laughs> yeah. The switching. The switching. <laughs> 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 well. So uh, check them out. Check out our episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't get married. They'll eat your kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening to us. But also listen to our friends say words to your ears. Yeah. Believe it or not, we know some people who know some things. And they have some stuff to tell you. And here it is. Yeah. So enjoy. Thanks. (laughs) Again. Also, love you. Bye. Nick, if you had to tell people about Garbled Podcast, how would you? I would generally avoid it, but if I had to, I would say that we talk about really just how to have a conversation. Yeah, on our we have series that cover fandoms like comic books and time travel and science and how to destroy the earth. All the way on to politics and things that are actually affecting our society today. Right, so if you want to be super informed, 
yeah, this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, no. you want to avoid this at all costs. But if you like listening to conversation and you want to learn the finer art of conversation, then this is definitely the podcast for you. Where can they find us? Remember? They can find us at garbledpodcast.com or they can check us out on SoundCloud at garbledpodcast.com. Same thing on YouTube and Twitter. But Instagram, you go to garbledpod. Sophisticated. Yes. All right. Enjoy.